Well, my name is Tim Jones, and we are so glad that you're here with us today. And uh, let me ask you some questions. So who's ready for Thanksgiving? Okay, come on, let me ask that question again. Who's ready for Thanksgiving? All right, who's ready for some time off? No? Hey, come on, where are the kids on that one, all right? Are you ready to eat some turkey? Okay, there we go. Hey, are you ready for the outlaws? I, I mean in-laws uh, this week, so. Now, by a raise of the hands, how many of you are sitting next to the Thanksgiving fanatic? Oh, come on, there's got to be somebody in here. No? Okay, well, we had a bunch in the first service. Well, anyways, uh, we are continuing in our message series, Pick a Fight. And uh, I am so glad that we are doing this message series finally. Uh, Trent has been saying during this series that this series has been on his heart for a very long time, probably a little too long. Uh, Check out some of the posters that are in his office. Check out this one. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how he got his name on that one. Uh, And then there's this one. Yep, you know. I don't know if I would have left the word dazzling on there, but anyways. Um, And ladies, you might want to turn away for this one, but then there's this one. Yeah, you know, I I don't know what he's thinking. But if you ever want to know what's going on or where we're heading in the next message series, just go by Trent's office. He's got posters of it. Here's the next series. Do you believe in miracles? Uh, Trent with hair, well, kind of a mullet uh, maybe or something. But anyways, seriously, we are in week five of our Pick a Fight series, and uh, for the last four weeks, Trent has done an amazing job of guiding us through this series. And so if you missed out in any part of the series, we highly encourage you to go onto our website and go under the resource tab and check out the audio there or go onto our iTunes account and check out the messages that maybe you missed during the last several weeks here. Now, this whole series has been focused on the premise of this one question. Are we willing to fight uh, for, what are we willing to fight for? Or what are you willing to fight for? And last week, we focused on this one subject. Uh, We said, how do we fight to become more like Jesus? And what we found out is that often what stops us from becoming more like Jesus is really me. Like, not Tim Jones, okay? But uh, what stops us from becoming more like Jesus is really ourselves, And so we often put ourselves in the way of becoming more like Jesus. And so if you missed out last week's message, it was a fantastic message. I highly encourage you to listen to it as well. Well, this week I want up the ante, okay? So today we're talking about a very serious subject, a subject that we all need to fight for. Now, if you're uh, new to this whole God thing or just checking out Christianity or something like that, you're kind of like off the hook today. You can just kind of sit back and relax, but really enjoy the message because there's parts of this message that there's some great principles that you can apply and you will really see some traction in your life if you apply these principles. Now, what I mean by upping the ante, this is what I would like us to do. I would like to add a phrase to the premise that we've been wrestling with. And it's a heavy phrase. It's something that's like, oh, yeah, wasn't expecting that this morning, okay? So here's what I would like to ask us. What would we be willing to fight for if we only had 30 days to live? Now that's tough, okay? That's a tough question to answer. Now I'm gonna ask you a question, I don't want you to respond, but have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about if you only had 30 days to live, what would you be willing to fight for? What would we be willing to fight for? Now, once you get past the initial thoughts of like, hey, I'd go out and party, woo, you know, all those thoughts that I know some of you are having right now. Once you get past those thoughts, what would it be? What would you be willing to do? What is it that you consider valuable in those remaining days that you would have left? To help us out to process that, I would like us to listen to these three people and hear their stories. 
you know, just the value of everything else is just gone. It's all for nothing. And you, you read the Bible and you go to church and you listen to the Word, you know, and you talk about that. You can't take it with you. And, and how you're not supposed to live, you know, for those treasures. Those are the wrong kinds of treasures. You know, I think those things that I thought were urgent aren't all that urgent. You know, they're not, um, I don't know. I, I wanted to go to this place. I wanted to go here and travel there, and I wanted to do this and do that. And while those things are important, um, I find that they're not what I'm missing. And, and I have clothes in there that still have the price tags on them that at some point really meant a lot to me. And I just patted them all and just touched them, and I was like, this is all for nothing. It's all for nothing. This means nothing. These clothes are for nothing. The shoes are for nothing. All your shoes. You shoes, shoes, shoes for nothing. You know, I just, just keep going around looking at it going, it's just all for nothing. The only, the only thing that means anything are the people. What's important is relationships, you know? And um, the rest is not all that big of a deal. You know, the people who have come forward, the people who've reached out to us, who've come over, who've helped us. <sighs> you know, it's drawn my husband and I, I think, a lot closer. I mean, I, I know that man loves me. There is no doubt in my mind that that man loves me. I mean, he, he just puts up with so much. <laughs> and he's there. And um, he thinks I'm beautiful, even when I'm bald, <laughs> you know? And um, he's a good man. And I feel like I can talk to him about anything. I mean, we can, we've had some really deep conversations, um, things that we probably wouldn't have had had I not been sick. And with my girls, I think I'm just more in tune with them, you know. I'm not as likely to shove them off, you know. <laughs> Sometimes kids can be kind of annoying, you know. And, uh, but I'm more likely to just take that in, drink them in, you know. To all my kids and my wife, there's only three words that I could say. I love you. We'll make that five words. I love you very much. Now those are some uh, very sobering thoughts when we hear people like that giving their story. And um, you know, I love that passage at the end that they used. Uh, King David said in Psalms 39, 4 through 5, he said, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. You know, isn't that the truth? You know, isn't life really short? You know, and when we have that perspective of life, that life is really short, doesn't it help us to realize what uh, we should really value and what should be a priority in our lives? And all of us in this room, we would agree, we would all say that deep down, our relationships really matter. 
Now, I want you to do me a favor, okay? Uh, this is a little different, but would you go ahead and take out your cell phones? And as you're getting out your cell phones, um, I want you to do something with them. I want you to turn to a photo on your cell phone of someone that you really value, that someone that you really love. And if you don't have a cell phone, I just want you to think about someone that means so much to you. And what I want you to do is just to look at their picture, okay? I want you to look at their picture, and I just want to ask you a few questions. No need to respond. I just want you to think about these questions. Are these the people, or is this the person who loves to be around you? You know, is this the person who might say one day when we come home that they love us? Is this the person that when we come home, they make us laugh or we make them laugh? Is this the person who cares so much about us or that we care about them? Is this the person that believes more about us than we believe about ourselves? Are these the people that we would want to see if life was really just a short breath away? And I think all of us in this room, we would say, absolutely, absolutely. These are the people that we would want to see if we only had a moment left. Now, here's where it gets tough, okay? Here's where it gets really tough. Here's where like the rubber meets the road. Here's where it gets really real, even for me, okay? Now, it's easy to take out our phones and find a picture of a family member or maybe someone who's a friend. And it's really easy because we have such a tight relationship with them or we have such a valuable relationship with them. But what about those people that we don't have a family relationship with? What about those people that we wouldn't consider real close, but yet we run into them consistently. And some of those people that we run into consistently are church family, you know? We run into them maybe once a week or maybe twice a week or maybe at the occasional Walmart run or the occasional Target run. But, you know, we don't really have that tight of a relationship. Maybe we see them once a week at church or maybe we see them in a community group. What do we do with those relationships? You know, do we value those relationships as much as we value our family and our friends? Do we value Christ's followers as much as we value our family and our friends? Now, I don't want you to get like weirded out. You're thinking like, oh, he's telling me that we got to hang out 24-7 or something like that. I'm not saying that, okay? But what I'm saying is, do we value Christ's followers as much as we value our family, and our friends. And so that's what God is asking us to fight for. Now, here's the thing that happens. Sometimes this is tough for us. That's a tough question, okay? And it's tough because maybe because of our past. For some of us, maybe we got hurt by Christ's followers, or maybe there's something that's going on right now that's kind of fresh or something. And it's tough because of this one thing. It's tough because of a misconception that we have about Christ followers. And this is what we all think. We think that because they are Christ, a Christ follower, that they should know better, right? Isn't that what we think when they hurt us? We think that Christ followers should know better. And when they hurt us, often we just toss the relationship aside. But is that what God asks us to do? He doesn't, you know? He wants us to fight just as much for those relationships, just like 
We value the relationships of our family and our friends. Listen to what Jesus said. The night before he died, he said this prayer out loud to his disciples. It was like his final huge, massive statement. He said, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me. Father and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That's what God wants. God wants us to be united. God wants us to fight for our relationships with other Christ followers, for people in this room, as much as we value those of our friendships and those of our family members as well. That's the fight that he wants. That's what he's asking us to fight for. So you might be asking, well, I'm not sure if I'm really ready to fight for that relationship. And I'm not even sure how I would fight for that relationship. Well, that's where we're heading today. That's where we're going. So we're going to look in uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. So if you have a Bible with you, would you turn to Ephesians chapter 4? Um, if you're using one of the Bibles in the back, it is on page 896. If you need a Bible, okay, if you ever need one, you can take one, okay? Trust me, nobody's looking, all right? So you can't get in trouble for that one. You can take a Bible if you need a Bible, all right? So if you would, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, and I'll give you a couple moments to uh, get to that place. So we are asking the question, will you fight for we and not for me. That is what we're really boiling everything down to in terms of this message today. And the Apostle Paul, he's sitting in prison. And if you don't know who the Apostle Paul is, he started pretty much like every church in the beginning just about. And he was sitting in there and he's writing these letters to these churches. And he's writing these letters not because of like things that have been done to him, because he wants to continue to tell the churches what they need to be doing. And the interesting thing is like Paul could have been like sitting in there and he could have been like stewing and brewing over the things that had happened to him. He could have been like discouraged with some of the things he's heard with churches, what was going on in churches or the disunity that was taking place, or maybe even the things that people were calling him. And he could have like gotten mad. He could have said, I'm done with Christianity. I'm done with these Christ followers, but he didn't. And so he is somebody that we really need to listen to because this guy thought more about we than me. And so let's jump in. And at this point that we're jumping in, he's like fired up and passionate. I want you to hear that in his voice in this passage. So he's been talking for almost three chapters in this letter and he is fired up and passionate and we'll see why he's so fired up and passionate at this point. So verse four, therefore, that's a powerful word Paul uses, therefore I, Paul, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, and that word beg you is like plead with you, I want you to do this. If I could do this for you, I would do this for you. That's what Paul would say. So beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And so this is why Paul is so like fired up and so passionate. That word therefore, he's referring to what he's been saying in the letter for the three previous chapters. And this is what he's been saying. He's been saying to us or to all of us, he's been saying, hey, I want to let you know what God has done for you and for us. 
And so this is what God has done for us. Paul lets us know that our sin makes us incompatible with God. And so since we are incompatible with God, something has to be done. And the person who steps up to bat is God himself. And so he goes and he makes sure that we can be compatible with him and that's why he died and that's why he came and that's what he wants to do because he wants to take incompatible people and make them compatible with him. And so when you receive Jesus Christ, you come into his family. You are a part of his family. You don't earn it, you receive it. You are given a right standing at that very moment with God. End of story. You don't have to be concerned of your standing with God when you receive Jesus. And he does so much more as well. What he does is when you receive Jesus into your life, you don't have to be concerned about your life anymore in terms of your, he gives us a new life, a life that can never be taken away by death, a life that can never be taken away by sin, a life that he gives to us freely And while we're here on this earth and not with him, he gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us and with us to help us during each part of the day. And so that's what Paul wants us to know. Paul also wants us to know that he's given us the ability to live for him. And he's given us a family, a family to fight for, a family that's for us and not against us. So that's why Paul is so passionate here in this part of this uh, letter that he's writing because for three chapters, he's been talking about that, explaining about that, and he wants us to know that because when we know that, that's why Paul could overcome the circumstances that he was in because he knew those things. And so he's saying, know these things, know your calling because when you know your calling, you can live out your faith. And when you can live out your faith, you know because God has treated you as valuable And when you know that God treats us as valuable things, then it's a little bit easier to interact with people who may not be like us. And so that's what Paul is so passionate about us knowing our calling because he knows that we're gonna rub and there's gonna be a little bit of that. And so he wants us to know how to fight. And so let's continue in this passage. So in this passage in verse two, he says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, some of you might be thinking, some of you guys are like, well, that sounds kind of weak, you know, or something. You want me to be humble, gentle, making allowances for everybody's faults and stuff? Sounds like, hey, we're going to get run over, ready for that, you know, whoo, charge, you know. But that's not what he's saying, okay? He's saying, I want you to put yourself under control, Okay, so when somebody blows up in, your, in our faces, we don't fly off the handle back at them, okay? When somebody offends us, we don't retaliate back. It's kind of like what our mamas always said, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, what did they say? Yeah, yeah, your mamas know that too, and that's the only time I can say your mama, okay? All right, so that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to put ourselves under God's control. And when we do that, if somebody blows up at us, we're supposed to respond in being humble and gentle back with them. And that's hard. That's real hard, okay? That's not like being a wimp. That's hard to be under control. And as I was preparing for this message uh, for the last several weeks, you know, I started to think of this one situation 
back in my past where there was a person in my life who we just like butted heads with. I mean, we just came at it. Every time we talked, it was just like there was a fight, you know, and I said some things that weren't so great and weren't good at all. And one time this person, they just kept coming at me, just coming at me. And I just let them have it. I mean, I was tired and I laid into them and it was not a good thing. Yeah, I won the fight, but I hurt them. And as I was working on this message, I was like, all right, God, you know, we never talked about that. And so I had to make a phone call and I had to talk to that person. And it was a while back, but I had to talk to them. And you know what happened in that moment when I talked to them? They were like, oh my goodness, thank you so much for coming back to me. I needed to hear that from you. And our relationship started to mend. Our relationship was a little bit better. And so that's what God might ask us to do. And it's worth it. It's worth the fight to do that. Now let's kind of unpack a little bit more of what Paul's saying here, this idea of making allowance for each other's faults, okay? That's the realization that, hey, we're all gonna mess up, okay? You know, we're not perfect. You know, it's gonna happen and it's gonna happen in, in a bunch of varieties of way. And so there might be, you might be talking to somebody and they say something to you and it offends you and, but yet the other person doesn't realize it offends you, okay? That happens to us all the time, you know? Instead of going off and brewing over that and getting bitter and resentful against that person, we're supposed to forgive. We're supposed to forgive that person. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians 3.13. He said, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's how we fight for we and not for me. Boy, the person, did, did they even understand what they did? and yet we're holding it against them. How often do we do things against God and all of a sudden God's like, hey, just wanna let you know what you did, but it's been a long time since you did it. Does he go off and hold his love from us? No, he continues to love us in the midst of the things that we do against him. So let's continue to see how we fight. In verse three, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And so let's pause here. What is Paul trying to say here? You know, it's basically he's saying, hey guys, you know what? God has given us unity, but as Christ followers, we've got to fight for it. And those words make every effort. That's like really emphatic. Paul's like saying, hey, he's saying, do it now. You know, rush to do this. Fight now. Fight for each other. And so by a raise of hands, how many of you have seen the movie Gladiator? Yeah, yeah, okay, there's tons of you. One of my favorite movies, okay? Now what does Maximus do? He goes from battle to battle or fight to fight, slaying people, killing people, and all that stuff. But why does he do it? The reason he does it is a gladiator has to fight to save his life. And so Paul right here, when he says make every effort, he's asking us, just like Maximus was fighting for his life, for us to fight for our relationships. Now we don't like slice and dice each other, okay? Don't do that, all right? That's not what I'm saying if you're thinking that. But um, we're supposed to fight for our relationships just as much as we fight for our family and our friends. We're to consider each other just as valuable. That's what God wants us to fight for. He wants, to, wants us to fight for peace persistently on a regular basis. And if somebody offends us, we just forgive them over and over and over and over until we might need to have a conversation with them if it's really building up that much. That's what God wants us to do. 
Okay? Now, Jesus spoke clear and loud on this. In Matthew 5, 23, 24, Jesus said, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So Jesus is saying, hey, before you worship God, if something comes to mind against your other Christ fellow believer and you think like they have something against you, you go. Like, stop worshiping me. Go. That's worship, all right? Go out there and do it right away. Make sure that you're going to do it. If you have like any if, ands, or buts, like, no, go. That's what Jesus is saying. And I love in Romans 12, 18, Paul echoes the same thing. He said, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So basically, you try everything that you can to make peace with everyone. And so you just don't wait. You don't wait. If someone's offended you, like, go to them. Like, if it's really that hard on you and you don't understand why they did that to you, you go, okay? And if you know you've offended somebody, you go. And what happens uh, that we often see, which is just discourages all of us, is, like, if somebody offends you, you go around talking to, like, all these other people except for the person who offended you. And that person may not realize that they offended you in the first place. So that's why God says, go, go. You know, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be awesome? On Sunday mornings, if we were a church, when you came in instead of everybody saying, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, if we were a church that said, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? No, no, are you okay? No, are we okay? You know, and greet each other with checking in on each other and saying, hey, are we okay? Because we are valuable to one another. Hey, are we okay? Are we okay? You know, I wish it was so ridiculous that we had to put like something on the screens that said, hey, would everyone please stop saying like, are we okay? Uh, Let us, you're all okay in this moment. Okay, we've heard enough okays out there already. Wouldn't that be something if we did that, if that was on our lips all the time of just saying, hey, are we okay? Because that's what God wants. God wants us, if you're not sure, even if you're not sure that maybe you've offended somebody, you just go up to them, be proactive and say, hey, are we okay? Are we doing good? The other day, I'm not sure, you know, we kind of had a little interesting interaction, but are we okay? Man, that's God's heartbeat. That's what he wants us to do. That's how we fight for we and not for me and the things that we do. Now, Paul wraps up this part of the passage by giving just a powerful description of oneness, okay? He like uh, just drives this thing home in this description. So listen to verse four as he describes uh, oneness that we have together. For there is one body, meaning, hey, we are all members of the same family here, okay? We are all interconnected. We are related to each other. And one spirit, the same Holy Spirit is in all of us. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future, that is, means that, hey, we are all heaven bound, okay? We're all going. There is one Lord, Jesus who died. He died for all of us, not just some of us, all of us. One faith, which are the teachings, teachings that are given to us. So, hey, we are all responsible to learn and learn how to interact with one another. And one baptism, basically, hey, you all made it public. You went public by saying, hey, I'm a Christ follower, so you're in. You're saying you are not a fan, but you are in because you're the real deal. You are off the bench and in the game. 
and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. So basically, Paul is overemphasizing the point that we are part of God's family. We are the same peas in the pod, okay? There is nothing that can be done to change that fact at all. God has created unity amongst us. Now, it's our job to fight for unity. So when we don't accept someone, what is that really doing? When we don't forgive someone, who are we really hurting? When we don't live at peace with one another, who are we really fighting? Yeah, we're fighting each other. But did you realize you're really fighting God himself? He's the one who made us, he's the one who gave us unity, and we're fighting against God. Listen to that. You remember in Jesus' prayer, the end part, he said, may they experience such perfect unity because here, here's who loses, ultimately, that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Ultimately, who loses? It's our family. It's our friends. It's our neighbors. It's our coworkers. It's our communities. It gives them another reason to not believe in God because they look at us and they say, hey, look at those Christ followers. They're not getting along. Why in the world would I want to be a part of that? I have valuable relationships with my family and my friends that treat me better than that. Wow. That's what God wants us to fight for. He wants us to fight for unity. And the weight is on all of our shoulders. So how do we fight for unity? How do we fight for we and not for me? Here's what we do. It's, we got, we've all got to do this. Each morning, we get into the Bible, we start to find out, as Paul said, who we are in him, so that we have that groundedness in knowing that God is for us and not against us, that people are for us and not against us. And in the morning, we pray, we say to God, God, you know what? I'll blow it today. I will, if it's under me, you know, if it's under my control. And so God, today I give you control. Holy Spirit, would you control me today? Help me today. Help me to live for you today. And in that moment, you may be under control, but he may uh, lose control a little bit later that day. And if you lose control, okay, that's, that's, you know, it's gonna happen. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Um, and, or maybe somebody blows up on us. But what do we do? Well, either we need to ask for forgiveness right away if we're the person who's offended, or if somebody, you know, offends us, we're to forgive them. And if we go into a relationship where we're not sure of our standing, we just say, hey, are we okay? Are we okay? That's how we fight. That's how we fight for unity. That's what God is asking us to do. So what's the next step? What are we supposed to do with that? Well, is there somebody that maybe you've flown off the handle with? You know, is there somebody that you just like poured it on into them? Well, you need to go ask for forgiveness from them. Is there somebody that, you know, you, they've offended you and you've gone around talking to everybody else instead of that person? Well, now you're just as wrong as they were wrong to you. So do you need to sort through that with them? You know, is there something that you just know, man, you blew it. You know, you made them upset. You know, it's time for you to go and ask for forgiveness with them. Or is there somebody in your life that you're just not sure? Hey, are we okay? Are we okay? And you need to go to them. 
And this is what we do when we approach somebody that we've offended. We simply say to them, hey, you know what? I need to talk to you, okay? Um, there's something that God's been putting in my heart, and I really just need you to listen. I need you to just listen to what I have to say. And we go into the details of how we've offended them or what we have done to maybe potentially hurt them. We don't like blame game or anything like that. You know, this did it, I did it because of this or whatever. No, take responsibility. And we say, you know what? This is what I've done. It's probably hurt you a lot. Will you forgive me? And if you're the person on the receiving end of that and they've come to you, realize, be gentle with them. Be humble. You know how much that takes for us to go to another person to do that? And so don't blow up on them, okay? Be humble and gentle with them. And you say these things to them. After they're done, they ask you for forgiveness. You say, I will forgive you. And when you say those three words, you imagine their debt being canceled. Don't hold that against them. Your relationship is new at that moment. Now, you might have to talk through some things of like, hey, how do we avoid this from going on or whatever, and maneuver through those things. But that's what we're supposed to do. And Jesus would say, you know what? If you're wrestling with that, if somebody's come to mind, man, go. Let's do it together. Let's go. Don't wait. It's too important. Fight for unity. Fight for we and not for me. Could you imagine if we did that, if we all took that serious, we just took this one thing from scripture and we did this. Could you imagine how many of our relationships, instead of at the end of our lives in those 30 days of trying to reconcile relationships, if we just instead made it a lifetime of reconciling all the time, of always engaging our relationships and making sure that they're good and saying, hey, are we okay? Are we okay? It's a whole lot easier to live like that. There's a lot more peace in that, and God knows best, and that's what he wants you to experience. And could you imagine what would happen to our community if they saw us doing that? Could you imagine that they would see Christ and God in us and through us? Instead of being known as a church that's just like, instead, if we were known as a church that was just saying, hey, we're not perfect but we forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. Are you okay? Are we okay? Are we okay? Are we okay? You know? And they're like, hey, we don't know you, but yeah, we're good, you know? That's what God wants for us to fight for unity. So would you fight for we instead of me? Now, here's what I want us to do. I want us to talk to God about this. So if you would, would you go ahead and just bow your heads and we're gonna pray here in a moment. Go ahead, close your eyes. And this is what I want you to think about. Is there somebody that has come to your mind uh, during this message that you know that you need to do business with, that you know that you need to go and ask for forgiveness for because there's something that you've done on your part. Is there something that maybe is weighing so much on your heart and you've treated another person so wrong because you've never said, hey, that really offended me? Do you need to go to them and say, you know what? I've done my part. I've let this come between our relationship, so forgive me for letting this come between our relationship. And I never let you know that that really hurt me. What is it? What is it that God wants you to say to maybe somebody? And would you be willing to fight? Fight because God asks us to. Fight because he forgave us much and continues to give us his forgiveness. And so I'm gonna give you just a moment to talk to God and, and really say, God, I'm sorry to you for doing this because I've been really fighting you in the midst of my fight with someone else. 
And so just take a moment and talk to him and then I'll close us in prayer. Father, thank you for fighting for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. While we continued to do wrong, you fought for us. You never have given up on us. And so God, today, may we fight for the fight that you're asking us to step up in. May we fight for unity. May we fight for we and not for me. If there's something that has come up in our hearts that we need to talk to somebody, God, Would you give us the courage to go and fight? Give us your strength to do it today. And God, that might be a start of a conversation. And it may not go well, it may not be pretty, but you ask us to do all that we can to fight for peace in our relationships. And so God, I know some people are gonna give this a try and it's gonna be tough because it's not gonna go well. But God, you never gave up on us. Paul never gave up on us, and so it's worth the fight. May we be able to say at the end of our lives that we lived a life of going around and reconciling our relationships instead of living at the end of our lives with only 30 days to remain and saying, oh my goodness, I love this person, but we were in such a nasty fight. I wish I could see him, but I can't. And so, Father, would you do that? Would you restore our relationships with each other? And may we go, because this impacts our family, our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers. May we be so united, God, that the world would know how much that you love them. And so, Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I know sometimes uh, listening today, uh, can be kind of tough to swallow. I know as I'm sitting there, I could probably name several interactions I've had in the past couple weeks that uh, I probably need to go back and talk to some people, but uh, I'm not perfect. Uh, if you ask my, ask my wife, poor girl, she knows I'm not perfect. My small group, they know I'm not perfect. Um, but as I'm going through the week, uh, what I've decided to do as I was sitting there is God's going to be bringing people to light um, in my mind, in my heart, that I've had interactions like that with. So I'm going to write them down, and I'm going to pray about that. And if I have to, if he prompts me to, I'm going to be talking to them about that. And I know it's not going to be easy. Um, and we do have something to kind of guide us through that. We have something called the Spiritual Growth Challenge. Um, and what it has on there, it has some Bible verses for us that we went through today. Um, and it has some re- resources to help us kind of guide us through that, to make it a little easier. Um, and there's one in particular that we have. Um, it's a resource called How to Have a Difficult Conversation When You've Been, uh, when you've been a, difficult, a Difficult Conversation You've Been Avoiding. And it's by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Um, and if you want a copy of the Spiritual Growth Challenge, you can go back to the Connection Center over in the corner. We have a copy of it back there, or you can get online at theepicchurch.com. Uh, you can download it on there also.
Uh, my name's Cody Anderson. If I don't know you yet, hello. Um, and I am actually the youth leader for our, stir- our Surge student ministry here at Epic. And if you are unaware, we have some amazing students that hang out with us at Surge. And when we have amazing students that hang out with us at Surge, they invite more amazing students and more amazing students. And we are in the process of growing at Surge. So we need your help. Um, if you like teenagers and you would like to volunteer, if you semi like teenagers and you'd like to volunteer, um, we would love to have you out there. Um, And I'm going to be in the back corner. So if God's prompting you to possibly be involved in that, um, I can answer any questions that you have about that. And we'd love to have you guys out there to help us out with that. And in the back corner, speaking of that, you've seen a Christmas tree back there kind of glowing, uh, brings us into the holiday spirit. But that is our epic giving tree. A couple weeks ago, we asked you as an epic, the church, um, to nominate some families that could use a little help here in the holiday season. Um, So, and you guys went way above and beyond. We had 30 families that were nominated to be on that tree. Um, so what's going to be on there? Uh, they have little cards on there, and there's going to be labels that have toys on there for families. They have clothes on there for families um, and gift cards on there for families. The gift cards, um, the reason we're doing the gift cards is because the parents know exactly what the kids need, what the children need. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible for them to be able to get what they need for Christmas. Um, you're going to see little tabs for wrapping paper on there so we can give wrapping paper to go along with the gifts. Um, And also, uh, we're partnering with um, Alpha Pregnancy Center, and we're going to help stockpile them up a little bit. Uh, We're going to be giving diapers, some uh, baby needs, just anything to help uh, new mothers that go into the pregnancy center um, just to be able to help them out. And also, something new that we're doing this year is that we're going to be having a bagel breakfast for our local police department here in Flagler County. So you're going to see little uh, tags on there for that, for Panera Bread, gift cards for that. And um, I just want to say thank you for what you guys are doing here. Um, Just having such that giving heart for nominating. Um, I've seen in the last service, people were grabbing. They didn't know if they were grabbing too much. Or You guys just go way above and beyond. Every time that we do something like this, you guys are just awesome. And speaking about giving, um, if you would like to partner with Epic, if you would like, if you call Epic your home and you would like to invest what we're doing in the community and what we're doing here at Epic, there's two ways that you can give. You can give online at theepicchurch.com or you can give in the giving boxes, which are right behind your chairs. And if you're new with us today, we're so happy you're here. Um, Thank you for coming and joining us. On your way out, just stop by the Connection Center. We have a little info there for you that tells you a little bit about what Epic's all about. And after service today, we do not have to break any of this down. They do not have school. So everybody that normally breaks this area down in here, you have the day off. So relax. Happy Thanksgiving. That's what I give you. Um, Again, thank you for joining us today. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving and be nice to your outlaws. Have a great week.